Hey, Life Group Leaders. Welcome to the Life Group Leaders podcast for week two of our current sermon series, 40 Days with Jesus. I hope you've been enjoying this series so far and that you enjoyed last week's study on the Beatitudes. This week, we'll be focusing on a number of parables that appear in Matthew chapter 13 that are about the kingdom of heaven. And the theme for this week is the kingdom of heaven is like and then we'll talk about what that is. Last week, we started off the study guide with an icebreaker. This week, we're going to shift a little bit. So where you had an icebreaker in the study guide in the first week, this week you'll have, you'll see at the top of the page, there's a gray box that says, looking back at the week one devotionals. Now, this is week two, but at this point, some groups are just starting this study. If, if, if they're a Sunday group, you're just doing this study without having had a chance to really read the week two devotionals. So we're looking back at last week's devotionals. And I think um, if you've had a chance to read the devotionals or listen to the audio devotionals, I think um, you'd agree that they were uh, some really great devotionals and written by some of um, our members and some of our pastors and staff. We saw devotionals on, on the Beatitudes. We saw devotionals on uh, some of the other things in the Sermon on the Mount, and that was the, the theme for the week one devotional. So the first set of questions here is on the devotional, and it says, looking back at the devotionals you read in week one, which of those devotionals on Jesus' teaching from the Sermon on the Mount stood out to you and why? So it's just an opportunity for people to share about what really uh, stood out to them in the devotionals that they either read or listened to. The bulk of the um, the study guide, just like last week, is not focused on the devotional. It's not focused on the sermon, although at the bottom of the page you'll see some questions uh, about the week two sermon. But the bulk of it is on those parables in Matthew chapter 13. At the top of the page it says, Jesus used many parables to describe the kingdom of heaven, using experiences that were common to the people of his day to help them understand the coming and growth of the kingdom. Before beginning this week's studies, you want to have someone read Matthew chapter 13 from verses 1 to verse 52. So, it's a lot of reading, so I would split that up. Maybe have um, one person do one parable and another person do another, something like that. But you want to read through that com in, in completion before you start talking about the study, because you want to hear all of those things, because we're going to be comparing some of them. The first set of questions asks you to reflect on the parables of the sower and the wheat and the weeds. Before I talk about that, I wanted to also point out that this week we've provided you with some more commentaries to help you as the leader in facilitating your discussion. We have two different commentaries available to you this week, um, and they're in the resources section of Planning Center Groups or Church Center app. And um, one is a, a, from a devotional by um, N.T. Wright called Matthew for Everyone, and the other one is from the Life Application Commentary. So uh, two different two different things. So you get a couple of different points of view on on the on the parables that we'll be looking at this week. But what I wanted to point out is on page three of the N.T. Wright 
commentary. There's a, a statement that N.T. Wright makes that I really love. He says, when Jesus said, if you've got ears, then hear. Now, he goes on to say, this should alert us to the fact that Jesus meant, I know this isn't obvious. You're going to have to think about it. Jesus wanted them to struggle with what he was saying, to talk about it among themselves, to think it through. So he was giving them these parables to get them to start to think, to get them to work through what he meant by what he was saying. And I think that's even for us today. This is an opportunity this week for us to look at those parables, think about what Jesus is saying, talk about it amongst ourselves, and think them through. So I, I really love that quote. So the first set of questions on uh, the parable of the sower, which is verses 3 to 9, and the parable of the wheat and the weeds, which is verses 24 to 33, is what similarities and differences do you see in these two parables? So you want to take a look at both of those parables and what's similar about them? What's different about them? Are they talking about the same thing or are they are they two different things but maybe they connect in some way? So you want to take the opportunity to to compare and and that's one of the things that we're trying to do in these study guides is in some of these questions we want you to look at at different um, portions of scripture and make some comparisons, see how um, they they work with each other, see where they're similar, where they're different, but how they tie into each other. So take some time within your group to look at what's similar, look at what's different in these two parables. And both of them are talking about um, someone sowing sowing seed in in a field um in the parable of the sower of course the the seed is spread on different types of ground so what does that mean what do the different types of ground mean and what and in the parable of the wheat and the weeds the farmer plants this good seed in his field but then an enemy comes in and plants weeds among the wheat that he just planted so how are these two parables similar how are they different and then the next question is, how should these parables influence how you deal with those people you encounter who don't know Jesus? So this is more of a reflection question. This is a question designed to get you to think about, you know, based on what Jesus is saying in these parables, how should we deal with the people that we meet that don't know Jesus? So I think, you know, in the parable of the sower, you can see that you know, we're sowing seeds, we're, we're spreading the word, we're talking to people about the gospel, but they may be in a very different place from um, where we are, and they can even be in different places from each other. Some may be ready to receive the word, some may not be ready to receive it. But I think the, the key, though, is that we have to continually keep sowing that seed and hope that at some point it does grow. Um, and the same thing with the, the parable of the wheat and the weeds. You know, the, the weeds are the people who are resistant to the um, hearing the word. And um, they're the people that, you know, are just really not receiving it. So do we give up on them? Do we pull them out like the, the workers in that field want to go out and they want to pull out all the, all the weeds, but the farmer tells them to wait? 
we want to make sure that we're giving time for people to really receive the word and let it sink into their hearts. The next set of questions is on um, the same parable, the parable of the wheat and the weeds, but here we're saying in this passage, Matthew 13, 24 to 33, Jesus uses three parables about the kingdom of, of heaven. In all three parables, we can find a theme of waiting. So if you look at, at those parables, I think you'll see that there is a theme of waiting. So the question is, where do you see this in the parable of the wheat and the weeds? And then where do you see it in the parable of the mustard seed? Where do you see it in the parable of the yeast, the whole idea of waiting? In the first one, you see that the farmer is saying, even though the, the workers want to go out and immediately remove the weeds, the farmer is saying, no, let's wait. Let's wait till the, the harvest and then we can go out and we can and we can if we if we go out too soon, we might be pulling up some of the wheat while we're pull, pulling up the weeds. So there's that sense of waiting. That's the obvious one. I think it's a little bit less obvious in the others. So in the parable of the mustard seed, what's the waiting? I think it's the waiting for that tiny seed that we plant to grow into into it. Uh, a strong faith. You know, the, the mustard seed grows into a, a large tree. Well, hopefully the mustard seed, the, the seed of faith that we, you know, that we plant in, in someone will grow into a tree. But we need to wait for that. And then the parable of the yeast, the whole idea of, you know, we're mixing the yeast into, into the dough and then waiting for that, that yeast to take effect and to cause the dough to rise. Um, so there's, there's that sense of waiting there. The next set of questions is on um, strictly on the parable of the wheat and the weeds. And it says, um, Jesus explains the parable of the wheat and the weeds in Matthew 13, verses 36 to 43. What we want you to do, though, is to answer these questions without referring to Jesus's explanation. You can go to that later and see how well you um, answer those questions, but answer the questions without referring to Jesus's explanation. So the first is in the parable of the wheat and the weeds, who do the farmer, the workers, and the enemy represent? What do the field and the good seed represent? And what do the weeds, the wheat, and the harvest represent? Now, I think the commentaries will help you with this question. Um, obviously, the, the wheat and the weeds are um, those who follow Christ and those who don't. They're, they're you know, two different people. The, the, the wheat are the people who've accepted the, the word of, of God, the word of Christ, the good news of the gospel, and the weeds would represent those who have not. The farmer, I think, represents God. God has, he's the one overseeing the field. He's the one who is in charge of the harvest. The workers, of course, would be us as believers. You know, when with us as believers, we want to go out and make sure that the, the field is kept clean, that, that those, are the, the weeds are removed. We don't want the weeds coming in and maybe affecting the wheat. Um, and then the enemy, of course, represents um, the enemy of us all, Satan. So the enemy comes and he's trying to destroy the harvest. 
what do the field and the good seed represent? So the field is the harvest field. It's the world. It's 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 everybody who lives in this world. It's all the, the people in the world. And the good seed represents the gospel. You know, the gospel is the is the good seed, and and the farmer is is planting that good seed, that that good news of the gospel. The weeds, the wheat, and the harvest. The weeds, of course, I, I mentioned before. The weeds are are the um, those who have not accepted the word of Christ, and they don't follow Christ. And the and the wheat, of course, represents the believers. And then the harvest is the time of judgment. It's that final judgment that comes and and where the the wheat and the weeds are separated and and the the weeds you'll see in the parable the weeds get burned and so um, that represents the final judgment. Then the next question says in the parable of the wheat and the weeds, the workers don't want to wait. They want to go into the field immediately and remove the weeds. Um, whom do the workers represent? And I think, you know, that that is, uh, we've already really answered that question. It represents the um, the believers, those who go out and, and want to... Um, want to remove the wheat for the weeds rather from the wheat and then um, how can we sometimes be like these workers i think that sometimes we get impatient with people who aren't ready to accept the word of god and we want to just kind of push them out we don't want them in our church we want to you know if they're not really fully accepting jesus christ we don't want to we don't want to uh, um, be connected with them in any way Next set of questions says, when the workers ask to go into the field to remove the weeds, the farmer tells them to wait until the harvest to do so. So why does he tell them to wait? And what are the lessons we can learn from this parable? I think, you know, that the the farmer wants to wait and give the 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 we the weeds the opportunity to maybe become like the wheat. Um, so that's that's why he tells them to wait. That's that's what I see from that. And the lessons we can learn is that that I think you know the importance of not giving up and not wanting to immediately remove those those people, like shun those people who aren't accepting the word of Christ now, because we don't know in time what will happen. Next thing it asks you to do is to read 2 Peter 3, 9, and then compare that verse to the character of the farmer in the parable. How do they complement each other? And in 2 Peter 3, 9, Jesus is talking about how um, God is not like man. He's not, he's not, you know, waiting. He's not tarrying. He's not, you know, waiting for no reason. He's waiting because he wants to see as many people as possible receive the word and receive eternal life that comes from Jesus. So I think you can see the comparison between um, that verse and the farmer in this parable. So how do they complement each other? Next, we move to the parables of the mustard seed and the yeast, which is verses 31 to 33. These are very short parables. And just talk about what do these what do these parables um, tell us about the kingdom of heaven? 
Um, I think when you look at the parable of the mustard seed, it's about how that that small mustard seed can grow into a strong tree. So it talks about our faith and how when we receive the word, our, and the, the, I think it also talks about the church that you know it, it goes from this mustard seed and, and becomes this tree. Then about the the parable of the yeast, it's it's really what does the yeast do? The yeast do it causes the bread to rise, it causes the dough to rise. So the the yeast also represents the word of God um, being spread throughout this dough throughout the the world and that growing. So it, again, it's the growth of of the church, I believe, in in both of these and how the kingdom of heaven just expands because. Um, faith starts to grow in people. Then we have, um, in the next set of questions, we start to look at Matthew 13, verses 34 to 35. And um, it says, after giving an account of, of three successive parables, Matthew gives us an explanation of why Jesus used parables when teaching the crowds. So what is the reason that Matthew gives in these verses. So take a look at those verses and see you know, what, what is Jesus saying? Why is he using parables? Why does he need to use parables to explain what the kingdom of heaven is like? So if you look at those verses, it says, I will speak to you in parable. Well, let, let me go back. It says, Jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. This fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet. I will speak to you in parables. I will explain things hidden since the creation of the world. So I think the, the main reason that we see there is that um, what Matthew is saying is that it's the fulfillment of a prophecy. The next question is, what might be other reasons for why Jesus used parables? And you can think about that and, and see what people think. I mean, some thoughts would be that he used them because they could understand. He, he was using everyday things to relate what he was trying to say. So he was using um, agriculture and things like that because they understood those things. And, and they would be able to kind of listen to that, think about it, and understand what he was trying to say. The next set of questions says to read Matthew 13, 44 to 50. And in verses 44 to 46, there are two short parables that speak of things that have great value. So what do these parables tell us about the kingdom of heaven and how we should value it? So take a look at those. What do you see there that um, explains about the kingdom of heaven and why we should value, not just why, but how we should value the kingdom of heaven? And how can we help others to understand the value of the kingdom? How do we get others to see how valuable the kingdom of heaven is? Next set of questions is uh, to compare the parable of the fishing net, which is verses 47 to 50, to the parable of the wheat and the weeds in verses 24 to 29. How are they similar and how are they different? And what action should these two parables motivate us to take as disciples of Jesus? So take some time, compare those two parables, and then talk about what do you see in them that's similar? What do you see in them that's different? And what kind of an action do they inspire you to take? 
And then finally, the last question, set of questions is to reflect on Jesus's words in this week's study. And this is something we're doing at, at the end of every one of these study guides. So we want you to think, go back and think about what you just read and what did you see in Jesus's words? So as, the question here is, as you reflect on Jesus's words in Matthew 13, verses 24 to 50, what did you learn that may have been new to you? What impact did they have on you and how will you respond? So these are very personal, reflective questions. What, what did you learn that, that was new? How will, how will you respond to it? What impact did it have on you? What did it inspire you to do? Then, of course, the last thing we have on the page is the reflection on the uh, week two sermon. So it's just a chance to talk about what you heard on Sunday, what Pastor Chris or Pastor Les um, shared this coming Sunday. So that's this week's study guide. Um, I hope this helped in some way. I think the commentaries will be very helpful as you um, facilitate your group discussion. And um, I would love to hear from you, you know, how, how you're feeling about the commentaries, how, how do you like the study guide. Um, I did hear from one group today, um, one group member um, had indicated that they really enjoyed the study, so um, that was good to hear. I'd like to hear more of that from you. So um, enjoy your study, enjoy your time with your group this week. Let me pray for you, and um, then we'll close this podcast. Father God, I thank you for these life group leaders and for their groups, Lord. I thank you that community is being built in these groups, that that as they connect with each other, as they grow closer to each other, they become this community, this place where care happens, this place where they encourage each other, where they love each other, where they build each other up, where they challenge each other. I pray that this week as they study this this study on Matthew 13, that you will speak to them, Lord, that you will show them all that you want them to take from this, that through the sermon, they'll be touched by the words that Pastor Chris and Pastor Les share this week, and that they'll be touched by the devotionals as they read or listen to them. I pray your blessings on each and every group, and I ask you all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great time in groups this week, and I'll talk to you next week. God bless.